Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whenever you're listening to us. And welcome to another episode of the Design Under Influence uh, show. Today, we're here with Kiran Nayak, who is an architecture professional and a design, a digital design specialist. Kiran works with firms to create a bridge between design and technology, and he helps craft workflows and systems that make process of design more enjoyable and more efficient and ultimately more profitable. That's all we want, right? In the end, uh, we want to be want to enjoy the process and be more profitable. So, Kieran, welcome. Thanks, Boris. Happy to be here again. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. Good to see you again. So, I know in one of our previous conversations, we talked uh, we talked about BIM and some concepts behind BIM, how BIM could be of help uh, to firms that are not currently utilizing it. And one of those benefits was time savings, right? That comes as part of using this in your design process. So one of the tools that we can use in BIM is obviously Autodesk Revit. And that's probably the, you know, the biggest tool that's out there. In order, we talked about that in order to utilize uh, the time savings, we need to do a lot of preparation ahead of time. Basically invest our time upfront so that we can derive the benefits down the line. I guess if if I'm using Revit in my firm or I'm looking to use Revit, what are some things that I need to start doing um, upfront? Yeah, that's a great question, Boris. Thanks. You know, one of the things I've noticed when a, when a company is migrating into Revit is that, you know, the biggest barrier of entry for them is actually the content within Revit itself. Things like families that, you know, don't necessarily come out of the box with Revit. Establishing that library of families early on will really help a firm, you know, whether it's a small firm, medium firm, or even a large firm, it would really establish the groundwork for that, the, the efficiency that we talked about in the last episode, you know, and to put it, you know, in really simple terms, a family to Revit is, you know, uh, if you're a SketchUp user or a Rhino user, or even an AutoCAD user, you know, a family to Revit is a component to, you know, Rhino or SketchUp or an AutoCAD block, but it's way more than that. Um, so if you have repeating elements within the Revit model, um, you know, having a family allows you to do the work once and then multiply that work across the file. Okay, so family is basically a component that I can reuse uh, anywhere in any one of my models down the line, right? So I need to be really good about putting that together the first time so that every time I reuse it, I don't run into any issues, right? Um, so let me ask you this. What are some, you know, what are some types of families um, that we can use inside Revit? Sure. So there are three kinds of families that, you know, that are in Revit already. So uh, the three kinds are system families, which are typically contained, that typically consists of walls, floors, and, you know, standard building elements, the things that make up a building, right? The second kind of family is the loadable family. And these are typically families that you can create or uh, import into your model, uh, which is why they're called loadable. And these would consist of things like doors, all the way down to furniture, casework, dining tables, if you had to. So anything that's added to the building can be a loadable family. And the third kind of family, and I would preface this by saying we would always recommend not to use this in most cases, is the model-in-place family. So a model-in-place family is something that you can, you know, 
model within the Revit model itself. You don't need to create it with the template, so you're modeling it within the file. But it is inherently not something that can be duplicated. So if it's a one-off thing, then you can use the model in place command, but we do not recommend doing it if you have more than one instance of that family. Okay. Right? Okay. So that those sounds... are the three, three kinds of families in general. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. So what do we, as we're starting to use Revit, Mm-hmm. I guess, where would be the yeah, easiest place for us to start as we're trying to, you know, develop uh, these families? Like, where would I start if I if I want to start developing today? Okay, an empty Revit file does not bring any families with it. You know, it has some basic walls and floors, uh, which are the system families we mentioned earlier. But if you want to add doors and uh, even your generic annotations, you need to download some out-of-the-box, you know, Autodesk families from the Autodesk website. Um, and I can we can share the link with your viewers so that they can access that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But you know, in general, that does give you a good starting point. But it's nowhere close to enough for you to develop a you know a custom library of families that you might use. It is really important to note that people, that firms and individuals should not be downloading, you know, manufacturers' families into their files unless they're cleaning them out and, you know, purging them of all the unnecessary parameters because they come in with a lot of garbage that you don't want to bring into your model. Uh, So we really do not recommend people download, you know, files off the internet, you know, off bimobject.com. There are a lot of websites out there that, that give you free Revit families but they are, they are not clean, to put it mildly. So what you're saying is no matter where I download from, right, I should be really careful about then either optimizing it, optimizing those objects or families, stripping out unnecessary data, uh, or stripping out things that don't belong there to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm downloading from Autodesk, most likely it's lacking some things, right? And I would need to add to them. If I'm downloading from a manufacturer's website, most likely it has too much stuff and I need to remove some stuff while also possibly then adding down the line. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. And along with the Autodesk content that we mentioned, there's a bunch of templates which are basically the foundation on which you would create new families. And I think any firm should create a culture of, you know, first educate people on how to create families because custom families are the way to go. If you don't have that in-house, you can always reach out to a consultant to help you build that library of custom families. Okay, fair. As far as custom families go, I guess, you know, we kind of identified some of the clear-cut benefits, right? One is you're basically creating it and it's something that you're going to be using that fits right, the way you do things and fits your uh, kind of design objectives and fits your design process, right? That's my understanding. Or yeah. is there is there additional benefits there as well? I think that was very accurate. You know, based on the jurisdiction of your office, it would be hugely beneficial for you to have families that show the, the accurate accessibility requirements for doors, you know, for stairs, for ramps. And so to build those things custom into your model is a huge benefit down the road, not just for the documentation of your project, but also for clash detection, consultant coordination. So, you know, families can be a really powerful tool to have effective communication in your model as well. It's not just the efficiency. It's also about the communication and um, clarity of documentation. So that's the additional benefits that we get from not only using families, but also using the BIM uh, tools, right? It's that communication and collaboration making it easier for us to complete the project properly, right? Let's call it that way. 
Okay, awesome, awesome. Let me ask you another thing here that just popped into my mind, and maybe this is where we ended for now. So I'm creating all this content, which is great. How do I store it and make sure that my people know where to find it? And you know, if I'm a larger firm, like you know, be architects, like one of your, I guess, one of the companies you work with. How do I, you know, we create a bunch of these libraries because we have a lot of different projects, right? How do we then properly identify them as this is what we need to use for this and this is what we need to use for that? Does it make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. In general, well, to start off with, I think it's really important to have an individual or a team within the office to vet your families as they're created and populated into the server. You know, your team should only be using families that are, you know, set up the right way, that have the right parameters um, and that show accurate you know, accessibility requirements, for example, right? Because once that information is in a family, people tend to take it for granted that it's correct, right? So that's number one. Make sure your families are vetted. Number two, save them in a centrally accessible space, uh, location in your network. You know, if you're a central centralized network system, save them in a place with a good naming convention. You should have a, a predefined naming convention for all your files. Uh, so that, well, they're easy to save and also easy to find, right? And once they're in your network, there are tools that will help you, you know, curate them better. Uh, there's a whole bunch of digital asset management tools out there, which will help you index tag and, you know, search for files uh, across multiple networks if you had to. I don't need to name one. There's, there may be a handful of them out there uh, that, you know, are paid services, but really make drastically reduce the amount of time spent searching for things within an office network environment. Well, let's give something to our listeners, right? And we can also put a link in the show notes. What would be one or two of those tools? Sure. The ones that I'm most familiar with are Avail, which is a great digital asset management tool. And there's another one called Unify. These, I think, are the two top tools that would um, help with indexing BIM files. And the added bonus of those tools is that they're not limited to Revit models and Revit files. You can use them for anything from PDFs, images across the office. So so it's extremely useful for marketing teams, um, for teams who are putting together proposals, uh, and just to find files that are deep in your network that you want to index and and, uh, find easily. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great advice. So uh, there you have it, guys. To summarize, right? you want to start creating families. You want to have custom families that you create and you want to create them in the right way. Um, And if you need more detail on that, I'm sure there's plenty of YouTube videos you can watch or reach out to people like Kiran, BIM consultants that can help you uh, with this task. And then once you have it created, it needs to be easily findable. So uh, name it properly, store it in a central, central accessible location, whether it's on your server or um, in a you know in a Google Drive or a OneDrive, and then use a tool, uh, a content management tool like Avail or other tools to tag them properly and make it even easier searchable. Do I have it right? Yeah, you got it. Bang on. Right. Awesome. Well, great speaking with you again, Kieran. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll put your contact information in the show notes as well. If anybody's interested in to reaching out to Kieran and uh, finding out more about creating families, he's available for that. And to everybody else, have an awesome rest of your week and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.